Welcome to Lost in the Groove, place where we speak our minds, find our truths, have no fear. Really meaningful conversations with real people. Stay tuned. Alright everybody, welcome to Lost in the Groove. Uh, today we got a little bonus episode. Uh, so, something that we like to watch in this month of October, and uh, something that always comes to our mind, for me especially, is uh, horror films. You know those ghoulish delights, you know, you turn off all the lights, you sometimes put your fingers where you're not supposed to put them, because, you know, nobody's looking. But um, anyway, today we're going to be asking that uh, old question of, how do you survive a horror movie? How do you not become victim number three or victim number nine? Yes. So we got a special guest here today. Uh, his name is John. He's a good friend of mine and uh, lover of the weird, lover of the scary, lover of the gore. So without further ado, John. What's up, doing? buddy? How's it going? Yeah. You excited about this? I'm excited. I'm ready. I did my research. Ooh. Can we, uh, what kind of research are we talking? Okay. I think we've all seen Scream. And there's the famous scene with um, Dewey and Randy. And they're talking about the rules for how to survive a horror movie. Um, so I, th- I thought maybe we could start there. That makes sense, right? Yeah. So I think the major ones that everyone remembers are you may not survive if you have sex. You may not survive if you drink or do drugs. And you may not survive if you ever say the words, I'll be back or hello or who's there. Uh, I, I, I think like that's kind of, I always remember this, like the person that's like, hey, let me check out this creepy basement. Mm. You know, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, you're like you're, you're watching and you're like, OK, he's going to get murdered. You ready? Three, two. Everybody counts like three, two, <laughs> one. Bam. He dies. Like the second he goes down the stairs, the like the ghoul or the monster or Chucky. You know, just comes out with the knife and it's like, ha ha, I'm waiting. You know, there are like a bunch of those like things where like as normal people are like, how fucking stupid are you? (laughs) It's like being too, uh, too unrisk averse is bad for a horror movie. I think... I'll tell you honestly, I think like one of the one of my favorite horror films, uh, and just for the sheer fact of how cheesy it is, is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm, yeah. Well, you can't escape when he's in your dreams. No, he's just going to be there. Yeah, that's the point. That's how, that's like the beauty of it, right? Uh, you know, you ask yourself like, how are you supposed to survive a horror movie? I think the first thing you got to ask yourself is. What kind of thing are you dealing with? Yeah, it depends for a lot of reasons. Like, is it a supernatural killer or is it like just a guy with a knife and a mask? And sometimes like the guy with a knife and a mask becomes a supernatural killer halfway through the movie or like in the sequel. You know? Yeah, I know. But then if like it's just a guy in a mask, like, I mean, you probably just kill him. Right. But then if it's a supernatural killer, he's like a ghost or demon or something. And he, you stab him. He's fine. You shoot him. He's fine. Well, I mean, we do know, like, we do know certain things like vampires. You use a, uh, a wooden, um, uh, what do you call stake it? Uh, through the heart. Yeah. Stake through the heart. Uh, we know that wolves, I think it's silver that kills wolves. You need silver bullets. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, you're right. It's kind of like one of those things like it's either you're dealing with a Scooby-Doo monster. Okay. <laughs> it's just like some fat guy or like some weird guy or like some dumbass. It's like, haha, I'm going to spend all this money on special effects and all this shit just to prove a point. And I'm like, 
okay. Cool. Oh, no, prison feels good for you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Right, and I think that's the other thing is like, if he's just a guy in a mask, why is it so hard to stop him? It seems like all these horror movies, it's just like everyone's just running away when they could just like team up and fight back. Like there's more of you than there is of him, but everyone's getting picked off one by one. It's a great, it, it is. It's like, it's like one of those like great points of just don't be the, like literally the number one thing, don't be the dumbass that decides let's split up. That's a fucking great idea. Let's do that. Okay. Let's all die much quicker. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, oh, we need to go off. I think that's like the point of the uh, don't go have sex uh, argument. It's like, don't go off in the woods to get your hanky panky on when there's a killer on the loose because he's going to find you. Seriously, as soon as you're dude. alone, Seriously. it's like a beacon. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you gotta be such a fucking idiot to like have sex in a dark forest. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, what? What normal individual that's not on speed thinks that's a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, there's always like contrived reasons why everyone's got to split up. You know, um, like, oh, we forgot the keys to the car. In our other van that's across the street, oh so we got to go over there. But only two of us are going to go, and of course, one of the people watches the guy get killed and then has to go run and, and save the other one and tell everyone else what happened. It's oh my god! <laughs> it would be like I hear the point though. If you made a horror film. Um, and we're going to get back to Scream in a minute because we were talking about that earlier. I want to get more into it. Um, when you create a horror film, it, it's kind of – this is kind of – Today's podcast is sponsored by Authority Car Mods, a mod shop which I personally use for all my car needs, from my custom modifications to my vehicle general maintenance, tire repair, and discount pricing. These guys do great work, and their prices are literally killing the competition. Located here in South Florida, in West Coral Springs, right off the Sample Road exit, not only are they super accessible, but open late nights with appointments. So don't wait. Follow them on Instagram at authority underscore car underscore mods, or call their office line, which is 954 798 one six zero two and book your spot now feel like the biggest difference between a thriller the thing about a thriller the most important keys about a thriller is suspense dynamic story you need a very dynamic story and you need scenery you need to be able to get the audience to kind of get a feel of the environment is it dark is it airy is it very bright is it very like um, secret. You need just some type of thing. With horror films, it's different. Horror films, the whole purpose is to scare the living shit out of you, but at the same time, to be a fun experience. If you made the film where no one dies, I don't think anybody's going to want to watch it. Yeah. They got to get there for the crashes, for the thrills, yeah. for the blood. Yeah. We're here to see blood, man. Yeah. We're here to see blood. <laughs> yeah. All goddamn blood. Buckets. <laughs> no, not buckets. Fucking A. That's too much blood. Uh, but anyway, you were saying earlier um, about Scream. So I watched Scream. <sighs> Let me just pull this up. I probably watched Scream eight years ago. Hmm. Um. Which one particular? The first one? I think the first one is like the one everyone knows. But they did the rules thing in like every sequel. You mean basically like they, I mean that's what they usually do though in every single series. Like with Freddy Krueger's the same thing. Chucky was the same story as well. Like it was the he still did the same it was the same like dynamic mm -hmm. but it was a different story. 
if it makes well, I think one rule is, is with horror movie sequels is the body count always has to be higher. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, why would you see it otherwise? You gotta, you gotta see more dead people. <laughs> <laughs> no better but, example than The Walking Dead. I mean, with each series, yeah. you just got more and more and more. Like, again, like I was saying this earlier, like that's the thing about horror films. They're not there to be dynamic. They're there to scare the living shit out of you. And like we said, like blood, we need body count, honey. Like we need like, not 150. We need like 2000. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about that too. Like, like you'd rather be, if you're going to be trapped in a horror movie, you want to probably be in the first movie, not the sequel. Right. And you definitely don't want to be in the last movie. Cause if they don't plan on making a sequel, they don't have any reason to keep anyone alive. Oof. So I was thinking about this question in like different ways, like like outside the box, like in the fourth, like behind the fourth wall, you know, like who's most likely to survive the horror movie? Um, really depends on the series. Mm-hmm. One thing I have learned, especially like from The Shining. Usually the ones that survive are the ones that like they realize this is like the, every not um not not the 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 uh the conjuring I'm sorry the the conjuring mm-hmm. the entire film series each entire film the people that usually survive are the ones that know what the fuck is going on they're like yeah. I know what this is everyone. I'm backing away like don't mess with this. And then the dumbasses, the ones that die in the film, are the ones that are like, oh, that's a cool doll. Or, oh my God, let me touch this book or <laughs> go over here to this weird shadow thing. Like, Or the ones that don't believe it. They're like, they'll hear about it. They'll be like, a leprechaun that's like killing people. Like, that's not real, man. What are you, stupid? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he dies like three minutes into the movie <laughs> and the more the more belligerent they are about it the more like they don't believe it and like think that the main character is dumb for thinking something so stupid the worse way they're gonna die because the audience wants them to like like you fucking idiot you didn't believe about the uh the mystical demon from outer space like you didn't believe that and now you're gonna get what you deserve bro the, i forgot the name of the movie it was an alien film um, one of those kind of characters, it's going to come to me in a second. Uh, he was a, a fat cop. He was like one of the cops that were, it was in Nevada. That was where the film took place. And he didn't believe them when they were saying that they saw the UFO literally taking off mm-hmm. like at area 51. I, I forgot. Like it was like one of those like horror films where it was like with a camera, like they kind of broke into area 51 and this dumbass cop was like, oh, no, like I've been around here. Like none of that shit happens. And then like they kind of hide behind the bushes. And then he's in his car, <laughs> comes out of his car. And he's like, what the fuck? And it's like a light. It just goes like bams down. <laughs> and then the car flies up and he's like, oh, shit, shit. And he drives like running. And then like it pulls him. <laughs> It was just like the most dumbest shit I've ever heard of. But like, that's exactly what you wanted. Like, yeah. he pissed them off. He's like, "There's no aliens," and then you're like, oh, "You see, there was aliens." <laughs> it's all about the audience involvement, right? right? I feel like yeah. that's the thing about horror films. If you can't get the audience involved. Come on. Ugh. Well, the audience, we're rooting for the people we want to see survive, but we're yes. also rooting for the people we really want to see die. Yes. Yes. And, and the movie's doing a great job of like making both those kind of characters. Like like the ones you, you're rooting for, you're like, come on, you got to live. And the ones you fucking hate and you're just like, I can't wait to see that guy get like his lips stretched over his face, turned back around, tied in a bow, and then like disemboweled and have his like spine shoved through his mouth, you know? Oof. Like, that's what you want to see when that guy's being an asshole. So, like, if you want to survive a horror movie, like, don't be an asshole. I feel bad for his chiropractor now. (laughs) (sighs) Dad jokes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one that's doing the dad jokes also dies, like, 15 (laughs) minutes into the film. 
Well, unless he's like very charming. Because then the yeah. audience relates to him and thinks he's like endearing. Yeah. I still want him to die, though. <laughs> mm. So, like, in all of perspective, like, um, you know, we're kind of talking like how to survive a horror movie and like understanding like what a horror movie is. Um, this was like one thing that was kind of strange to me is that there are the group of people that actually root for the villain, you know, like Chucky or I can't really think of many names. I'm stoned right now. Okay. So don't blame <laughs> me. Like Freddy Krueger, um, Hellraiser, uh, Hellboy, uh, not Hellboy, um, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost Rider can be considered. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Can I get a pass? Sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and like, I, 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 I'm like one of those people like, I kind of think they're kind of sick, like the costume, the design, like the scariness. I'm like, Whoa. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to do any of that shit. Like God, no, <laughs> but God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they got a style, you know? They've got like pizzazz, even like Leatherface. He's ugly Ooh. as hell, but he's got style. You know, he's got that country, old, old town country boy kind of like vibe to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, um, you've watched like Silence of the Lambs, which is more of a thriller. It's not a horror. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, what's the name? Um, Hannibal, uh, Hannibal Lecter. He he plays this. I mean, the actor that played him was oh, amazing. Just the way he played that character, uh, the way that like it scares a living shit out of you. You're just like, whoa. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's just like I know. There's the heroes and the ones who want to die, but come on, that's what you look forward to. Is like. And I think they actually get more screen time than the people that actually die. So you're saying the best way to survive the horror movie is be the killer. Yeah. 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 Like, cause you're always coming back for the sequel. Yeah, for sure. Like no one's going to kill you. <laughs> and even if you're dead, you're just, you just become some kind of like zombie ghost space alien thing. Or you'd be Elvira. <laughs> if only I could be Elvira. Yeah, I mean, a lot of plastic surgery, a lot of push-up bras and honey. The CC is definitely in the 2000s. Hmm. Um, but, like, that's also the thing, like, we were talking about earlier, is, like, the whole thing of... So, sex and horror films are interesting. They either swing two ways. Either we're the victims are the ones that have sex and die or the victors, like sometimes you'll have a mash of other will have like sex or be like really sex. And then there's like a war that breaks out between them. Hmm. Um, I, it's just like my mind is going crazy right now because like when you talk about horror films, there's so much shit. There's so much fucking shit. Like if you're in there, how to survive, like what positions to do, like what, like measures to take. And then like you fucking realize if you're like one of the gang, you can like get into other franchises and then like pick fights and then it gets even better. Mm. Not always. They're usually terrible. Those films, the mash. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, but, like the Freddy vs. Jason and the uh, alien vs. predator. Uh, <laughs> a dick against, I don't know, a gallbladder. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I mean, Alien. And, I mean, I love the Alien franchise, preferably the first three movies. The rest are, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so this is just marijuana high, but uh, like just going through, like, especially characters. Uh, when we talk about Alien and Predator, Alien and Predator are one of those type of like horror characters. They're extremely dangerous. Mm. Like, 
so dangerous. You need like a team, usually like a team of like 50 and then like only two of them survive, but you need a large group to kill them. Yeah. Well, I think predator, it's like, you just need the right tactics to kill them. You gotta, you can't be a dumbass. Right. Well, that just goes back to everything. You just, you can't be an asshole and you can't be a dumbass to survive. No. You can't think, be obnoxious. I'm kind of thinking now, like, like horror movies say a lot about humanity. Cause I think you're delving into like some of the most basic emotions of humans. Like fear is like the first emotion. Cause it's the one that keeps you alive. But I think what we're touching on here is like the people that live are the people that humans see as like the best of ourselves and the people that die are like the dark aspects of us that we don't want to have inside of us anymore. The thing about Alien, I forgot what her the name of the main character was, but how she survived was her will to live. Like she wasn't going to let this creature kill her mm-hmm. and i mean like she came back in the second oh the second one is amazing too like this is very rare in horror um series where like the second one's usually eh. alien 2 is pretty fucking good and she came back as like this heroine that was like yeah i'm gonna go fucking kill these aliens are you crazy yeah come on like you can join me or i'm gonna do this by myself I love that. It's it's very it is. It's very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, when she called the alien a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or fell in to the ball of fire <laughs> to kill the alien. Oh you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was like very nineties, like I guess that was like late eighties, early nineties. It was like well, Came out in seventy nine, dude. The first really? Alien movie was seventy nine. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> they did all of that before special effects. It's oh wow, cr- it's crazy. Yeah. Turns out, Alien was a giant puppet. And he was controlled by 20 people. 20 people had to control that thing. Mm. Come on. You know, like I say to myself, I'm like, the more you, the more you read about some of these, like even the conjuring, like these series of how much work and effort goes into making them. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Like I'm an artist. I see this and I, I get it. It's horror, but you see the art that goes into making these films. Well, especially back then, like they had so much limitations on how they could do everything. Like that's why the alien is not like fully, like it, you don't see its full body in most shots. You just see like an arm kind of coming out of like a, a ventilator or like the tail, like slithering away underneath the door as it's closing. And it's like, but that, suspension was all created out of limitation and nowadays they'll just like throw a cgi thing up there and be like hey you're scared of that right and it's like no i was scared of the tail going underneath the door because i didn't know what that was it's more intense yeah it really is and i love body horror like um like all those uh things like the thing the movie the thing um pet cemetery yeah and like just random stuff is just exploding out of people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently saw this movie. Um, it's out of Japan. It's it's called Tetsuo the Iron Man. And it's just like this man just becomes a machine. But at the beginning of the movie, he's like hammering a, a steel pole, like a re- pearl rebar into his leg. Uh, and it's like this giant metaphor for like industrialization. And modernization. Well, it was the same thing with um, with a Clockworks Orange, which was uh, funny enough. It's a horror and a thriller. I never 
I, I always thought it was a thriller, but it turns out it was, was a horror film also, uh, which kind of baffled me for a while. Uh, anyway, um, A clock, uh, Clockworks Orange is about society at its, at its worst. You see the dirty part of society, the society that you, you're not supposed to see. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I well, like that one, though. That's one where it's like you end up rooting for the person that's awful because everything around him is even worse. And at least, even though he's doing awful things, at least he has freedom to do those things. It's putting yourself through the eyes of, of the thing you should be feared of, um, feared the most. I think that's also why... Okay, I, this is the statistics. I'm not making this up, and you can check this. Statistics have shown that women have this incredible fascination with serial killers. And I've always wondered why. And I think for me, my explanation is simple. Women, I don't know, they, they find like there's this feeling that they can see themselves in this person and like kind of, you know, they wouldn't want to do that to somebody, but they see their pain of like what caused them to get there. And they just, there's that connection. Sorry, I have my cat. You have your cat and I have mine that's needing lots of attention right now. <laughs> I think you're onto something, but I, I actually um I thought about this before too, the the women and their attraction to serial killers, and I actually asked a female friend about this, and her Ooh. response is pretty interesting. Ooh. And she said, um, the experience of being a woman is that like an attacker could be around any corner. Mm-hmm. Just like their lived experience is I never know if I'm safe. Because, you know, because of what they face as women in society, um, they're, they're often victims more often than uh, anyone else. And so she said that the attraction to serial killers is like, I can't be sure of anyone, but at least I can be sure that this guy would kill for me if he cared about me. Damn. And it's like, anyone might be a killer. So the guy being a killer for a known fact doesn't really make him that much dangerous or more dangerous than anyone else. At least they know. At least they know. Wow. It's crazy. I think that's, I think that's where our love and fascination of horror is. I, I'm a very, I'm a big believer of this, the idea of being kinky, being erotic, um, being wild, you know, loving, you know, the, the punk and the BDSM and the swingers is, it just, it's a part of humanity. And as much as we try to face it and hide it and be terrified of it, I think we need to embrace it and realize that there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they all come together as one. Yeah. I think that that is a lot of what horror is, is like, you've thought about doing stuff like this, or like, there's this grotesque, like, fascination, um, you know they have the the French word for it, the macabre. You know, yeah, macabre, and um, they, you know, you you have this fascination with death. You have this fascination with murder. You have this fascination with stuff that we relate to animals, but we like separate ourselves. We say like, oh, we're above all that, but really, it, like it's like still deep inside us, like in the natural instincts of the hippocampus or whatever, like basal part of the brain is there. I, I've said this before. Um, we're we're going to be talking about this on another episode. Your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. I've said this. My subconscious mind, and I've seen it. 
he is an Uppengruppenführer, Nazi general. He is a nasty motherfucker. And that's what your subconscious is. It's the deepest, darkest part of our brains. But there's a flip side to it. Like you're saying is that we are mammals. We are a species of animal. That's how we evolved. And we are more sophisticated. You know, we have evolved over 200,000 years to what we are now. But that doesn't still justify the fact that we have this darkness desire in us. And it's not a bad thing because I'll tell you right now, there are so many artists, um, artists, designers, creators, makers that have these dark, you know, I think I, I always pronounce this wrong. I think it's Stephen or Stephen King. I think it's Stephen King. I can't remember. You know, you take a writer like that that's able to create all of this. He has some fucked up mind. But look what he's made. I love his books, even though I can't pronounce his right name correctly. <laughs> Fuck dyslexia. But yeah, it is Stephen. But Steve. it's like Steve, oh. Stevie boy. Oh, Steve. It, okay. It's like these stories and these experiences of, of like these um, made up people really tickle that like core part of our brain that's like very instinctual. Yeah. But at the same time, there's people who like, it's like very divided. There's people who love horror movies and people who just don't care for them at all. But I am one of those believers, and I, I said this before, like even with Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know this for fact because he, we, we, you know, maybe this is in another universe. But I think if you took a person like Jeffrey Dahmer before he started all of his, you know, his killing, he took all of his anger and aggression, and you dumped him in a punk grunge scene in the like late seventies, like put him in New York or you know. Uh, you know, he would have just gotten somebody, just gotten to New York and just gotten into that scene. I feel he would have been an incredible artist. I mean, the the sculptures and the pieces he could have made because of the mind that he had, uh, he could have been something. Like, we could have been like, you know, today we could have said like, have you, did you see the new Jeffrey Dahmer piece? No, I, I didn't. It's crazy to think about, but that could have been a reality. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I know. It's like those people who have those dark minds, or maybe it's just the people who have looked upon their own dark minds are the ones that create the things that we find like so attractive to us. Mm. I, I, like I said, you know, our subconscious is a dark place, mm -hmm. but just because we have dark thoughts doesn't mean that we're going to go murder somebody. Uh, you know, just because somebody plays a game that involves shooting people, you know, or a horror game, that doesn't mean that they're going to do those things. It's just that that's where they find their inner peace that believe it or not, that is an inner peace. Horror films is an inner peace. Not all their inner peace means fucking flowers and LSD and shit. No, some of it means blood, gore, murder freaking acid based aliens that look kind of like a cock you know <laughs> that's what it is yeah your mind's thinking what's well, like what does it mean that in some ways like peace or like uh, finality of, of what humans are looking for includes so much chaos. Like, could we actually find comfort in a perfect, in a perfect world? No, I don't believe that. I don't think so either. No. That's where I think the, uh, I think that's where the hippies fucked up. Hmm. You know, I, I, um, the more I learn about like the punk scene, uh, the more I realize, oh my God, like that is utopia. 
utopia is to just be fast, you know, to just be wild, um, to just be different, (laughs) you know, inner peace. It can sometimes be fucking dark. You know, I, I, I think this, this illusion of, oh my God, we have to shield ourselves. We have to protect, protect yourself from what? What exactly are you protecting yourself from? Hmm. Not getting hurt? Well, listen, honey. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the wrong planet. Yeah. That's so true. It's like, um, I I get these, I'm always out there trying to like invite people to things, get them to like get out of their comfort zone do something they've never done before and i always get these responses that i never understand where they're just like well this could happen that could happen i can't go uh kite sailing i might fall i can't like go rock climbing i might break my leg and get stuck i I can't go kayaking there might be an alligator in the water or a shark or something and in my head i'm like so what are you going to do your whole life? Just like pee in a bucket or anything interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like avoiding all risk. You just like, what's the point of living at that point? Yeah. I can tell you like from my own experience, I have claustrophobia. I'm terrified of planes, but I go on planes. I don't give a fuck. I just, you know, I have a, I, I have a thing. I have a noise pair of canceling headphones. That's, Also, another part of this is remembering we're always going to have fears and things are going to suck. But the truth is we all have ways of coping with it. And believe it or not, I think that's actually one of the ways of how to survive a horror movie is just to think clearly, be smart, figure out a way of dealing with your situation. And don't be a fucking dumbass and be like, oh, shit, I left the keys in the other van. Oh, my God. You didn't bring all the keys? What is wrong with you? Who doesn't bring all the keys? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're the guy who berates the guy for not remembering the keys, then you're going to be the one that dies because everyone's mad at you for it. You're the bad. Oh guy. yeah, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the annoying like, oh. Carl. Sorry. It's okay, man. It's going to be Derek's okay. Derek's going next. Go <laughs> yeah, Derek just yelled at you. He's going to go get the keys. <laughs> oh my god. Ah. Uh. And then you got, you know, you, you, you got Freddie, you know, the, the little dumbass that's smoking weed. And he's just like, <laughs> I love those characters, the ones that like should have died at the very <laughs> beginning. But then like at the end of the movie, they come back and they're like eating a box of cheeses. And you're like, where have you been this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Like, like the character who's like a buffoon who like, gets in all these terrible situations, but just finds his way out by happenstance. Yeah. It's like he's uh he's like walking around and the killer's right behind him. He's got his axe ready and he's about to chop his head off and then he goes like, ooh, a Twinkie and like bends over. <laughs> but it's like that that moment of levity or that uh comic relief that they throw in there. It, so being the comic relief character is a good one. Spon- uh, being uh spontaneous? Is that is that the word? Spontaneous? Yeah. <laughs> I love those characters. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, can you think of a movie that has one of those? Because I'm trying to. Well, I think Scream's one. Randy is definitely that character. Oh, my God. <laughs> like he's, God. he's like still yelling at the TV for the horror movie that's playing on the TV while mm-hmm. everyone else is running away from the real killer. <laughs> and he's like, don't get out of there, you idiot. What are you doing? He's right behind you. And like the killer's like literally right behind him. <laughs> they always have those they always have i've noticed this they've always have a name ending with like an i e or a y Hmm. it's like randy freddie danny georgie you know bobby robbie and you know why it's because the the guys in jersey shore figured that out if you want your name to sound better you just end it with a y and then add like the first letter of your last name you never heard that before? No. Yeah, like so if you're in Jersey, you know you got Tony P, Bobby G. That's how they say their name. Uh, well, I'm not from Jersey. I'm from New York. 
<laughs> like where we live, like where I grew up, like we we've got got a choice of names. I'm serious. It's like you either got a Christian name, you either got a Chinese name, or you got a name that nobody can pronounce because there's like 16 characters. <laughs> I got that one. 16 characters? Well, 14. Close enough, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Jersey. It's like Dave C. Dave C no, in the house. It's Dave C. Dave C. That sounds like a really cheesy 90s <laughs> punk band. <laughs> I was thinking R&B artist. Oh, my God. Oh. God, we went completely off topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> going back to horror movies. Wait, we were. Where did we leave off? We were on. Oh, we were talking about. What were we were talking about the comic relief character. Yes, and then we talked about it ending in a Y and an I E. Yeah, I love that. See, like, there's, I, I like, I'm like noticing this. Like, there's little hidden details. Everything that they do, like. Why is the power always off? Because if there's light on, it's not as scary. Hmm. You know? Like, having the dumbass character that survives, it's comical, and it also kind of keeps you also entertained when it kind of, like... You know, because sometimes it gets a little boring. You know? There's not enough blood on the walls. They didn't do a good enough job. (laughs) Well, there's, like, an entire genre. Like, there's horror comedies. And yes. Obviously, back in the day, scary movie kicked off the like. I don't know if you'd even call that a horror comedy at that point. It's just a comedy with horror movies. Just think of the scene of like where she, where the maid she puts up the cross. <laughs> she rips it, like she kills chickens. She's like doing this like whole thing, and they're like, "What is this goddamn lady doing? Oh my god, what's she doing to those chickens?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, horror comedy, like a horror. Okay, horror comedy is a niche. Like it's one of like it's it's like the next level of horror in a way because you're either in it or you're out. You know, it's like so bad that it's so good at the same time. That's one of my favorite kind of movies. It's just like way more entertaining in a way to laugh at the movie than to laugh with the movie. <laughs> it's like the opposite of how it works with people. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cause like as people, you gotta hide it all all the time, right? Yeah. Damn. I mean with horror comedies you got Shaun of the Dead, which is like a legendary movie. Have you seen that one? I'm I'm like one of those people that when you say, unfortunately, I've been around a lot of weird people. Um, I love all of them, but they're very weird. Like the type of horror comedies I've watched is like, um, you know, The Division of Man, which is like the stupid movie of this guy that like, he makes a deal with the devil. And the devil is like this like, this dominatrix and she like turns him into her like slave (laughs) and like the whole movie is like him being like oh my god don't split his head open oh my god you know because like she's like this dominatrix it's just stupid shit um none of you should ever watch any of these crappy movies they're horrible um but that's my that's my unfortunate experience it's just (laughs) It's just bad horror. Com- it's just bad horror comedy. Yeah, there's like the famous troll two, where the guy's like, "Oh my god, they're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me." <laughs> and then just, you, oh, you figured that out. <laughs> there what was are you one, do about it? There was one that I was. Um, I remember watching. It was uh, okay. This is so stupid. There a. Um, they're, I believe they're dwarves, not dwarves, um, um, gnomes. They're a gnome biker gang. 
that are poltergeist. <laughs> they're ghosts. And like, there's, this is so stupid. Like their thing is they terrorize, terrorize fat women. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. And the only thing I remember like was one gnome. He was running around with like this like spike blade and like this, like there was just a group of them and they were like, they just started laughing. And then he was like, and he's just like killed two of them. And then the one was like, like just screaming. And like, she falls like right through the floor. (laughs) That was completely weird, but yeah, it's probably a good one. God. Hmm. Hmm. What are you thinking? I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get us back to like surviving a horror movie. I don't know what we haven't touched yet, but I think you can look at it from like the meta perspective of like, who does the studio want to live because they're the ones creating the story, and how how do you and the story become one of those people? So I, I broke down thrillers. Um, you can correct me. Uh, this is just from my own perspective. I think uh, three – I don't think there's three. I think there's about like four. And two – it's basically two, but they're broken down into two separate categories. First one is you got to be involved. So a horror movie, the whole thing is is you're involved (coughs) with the story. You're you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then the step below it is it's just immediate of like – you know what's going to happen to this person. It's very like it, the same thing with thrillers, like the same thing with horrors. You know what's going to ha- pretty much if you're into it, you pretty much know what's going to happen throughout the film. They kind of give you those key plots throughout the film so you're able to put all the pieces together. The other thing that I think uh which is great about horror films is the setting. Like what are we doing over here? Are we doing um a haunted house? Uh, a, a crow that's being possessed, the devil. And then you build from that. So then, okay, so what exactly is the killer or the creature or whatever? What is it going after? Like, what is it specifically targeting? Um, I don't think it's necessarily that they're picking and choosing which characters die. I think what they're doing is they're creating the pieces and they're saying, okay, we want our audiences to understand this. So they can put that together. I could be totally wrong, but that's just kind of my take on how a horror movie kind of works. So you're saying they're not from the beginning choosing who lives and dies, but they're creating all the pieces and then thinking it through like, okay, who would naturally die in this situation? Yeah. That could be, especially I think for the great horror movies, that's probably like how they were formulated. I mean, if you, um, if you go back just a few years, you know, um, and I think it was 1975 or 74, Jaws came out. And that was, a, you know, a, the beginning of Blockbuster, like, you know, a Blockbuster film. And in that film, their biggest problem was is that the shark apparatus kept on breaking down. They actually were going to show more of the shark. But because it kept breaking down, they could only show different bits and pieces. So – that's again proving my point. The whole thing that happened with Jaws was, and the reason why it's so freaking like a thriller, you barely see the shark coming. Hmm. So you get to put the pieces together. Okay, if the shark isn't coming and you have this stupid idiot that's doing this. So they, they had a story. It didn't really work out. And they kind of made it work. And then we as the audience kind of figured out the rest of the pieces. So it's almost like Jaws the shark told them who was going to die. Yeah. By breaking down. Like, he was like, I'm not working, and this is my message to you that this is how you need to make this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think of an animatronic failing. And like we were talking about earlier, a lot of these early horror films, they had to be dark. They had to use very distinct colors because of the limited technology that they had. They had to create these environments that felt realistic enough to scare you 
but didn't feel fake. And I think a lot of what we learn about horror films is what we've gotten is just a way of these, these companies to make films with the limited amount of things that they had. So I think we, I think as an audience, we actually kind of create the, the cult story, um, the groups that, that we kind of create around them. But yeah. Yeah. Like we, the audience decided what was going to happen in this story. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about it. a lot of these early films, they couldn't show too much, you know, like it's crazy how the main, and, and we were saying this early, like this is the main difference of what it was years ago. Years ago, you barely saw the terrifying, like in Pet Cemetery, it was the same thing because it was so expensive. It was so difficult for them to create these things. They could only show them from a limited period. So they had to be very resourceful. So what happens is that they have this basically blank story. They're like, okay, it works. Like we, we did it. And then they got to know how the audience reacts. Think about a lot of great horror films are cult films now Mm. because the audience didn't get it. (laughs) They were like, what the fuck is this shit? And they (laughs) failed. Mm. Yeah. I think like we as an audience, it's like the, every story is a choose your own adventure story. Because the audience is an agent of the story. And what does that say about like where we are currently that all of our stories are just like retreads of old things redone and revamped or a million comic book movies that have already like been based on stories that were already written? Yeah. I mean, if you think, if you think about many genres of films – many genres of music around horror. They're subgenres. You know, uh, there was punk rock. There was techno punk. You know, um, I think it's um, not, you know, um, I think it's heavy. I forgot what it was. I think it's, um, you know, for example, like also like there's also grunge punk. Completely going off topic. But what I'm trying to say is, what basically happens is the audience when i say audience i don't mean fucking critics they can all go shove a dick up their ass i don't care about critics i'm talking about real people that care about like you know the horror the 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 darkness and all of this and that's how kind of how these films are made they're they're created around their communities think about the Conjuring series, it was literally made around Conjuring fans as the movies progressed. I think that's what, make horror, I think that's what makes horror films also kind of special is they're not necessarily made by a studio. They're made by the audience. It is interesting that I think in the indie scene of of filmmaking i think horror is probably the second most popular genre next to drama which is not the same in in high budget (laughs) hollywood films they always have action as number one you know and then comedy or something like that but they have had like those like avant-garde dark dramas um i will tell you this horror dramas some of them are, especially, I would say, international ones. The ones that come out of here, the ones here in America are trash. Horror dramas here in America are the worst films you can ever watch in your life. And that's just my personal opinion. The ones out of Europe, especially Germany, they're amazing. Hmm. Literally, it's just somebody that takes a camera. That's all it is. A camera. They film a movie. They do it for like three months. And then they... Like, Go on Final Edit Pro. Dead serious. They make it. Make it. They get it like released in like indie, you know, indie film festivals like in Toronto, 
I'm out in Los Angeles, out of here, um, New York and Florida, all over the place. And they're amazing. I only brought that up because you said drama. That's <laughs> literally the only reason why. Well, there's a lot of foreign foreign horror movies that are like really cool too. Oh, uh, like I was uh, talking about Tetsuo the Iron Man before, and there's like a whole genre of Japanese horror. Even like Godzilla is like a horror movie. Yeah, people forget that Godzilla sixty years ago and Godzilla now is. Very different. Hmm. Yeah. There's a, a lot more of puppet smashing cardboard buildings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the low budget aspect is like something key to horror movies. They always have that level of cheesiness where it's like not hyper realistic. There's not like explosions happening all over the place to like draw your attention. It's a guy with like a, a rubber hand and he's got a knife to it and there's like fake blood oozing out all over the place. But at the same time, you can tell it's super fake. They, I believe um, back in the day, uh, they used to use chocolate syrup and black and white films to substitute yeah. for um, blood. And you think it's so stupid, but it kind of makes sense because blood is kind of thick. And if you ever like film chocolate syrup, it's black and white, and it it kind of kind of looks it, not real. It kind of looks like blood. Um, I was just searching this up. You've heard of the film? Um, I'm hopeless about pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Nosferatu. Oh yeah. That was a, uh, wasn't that a European horror film? Probably, maybe French or something. It's crazy. Yeah. It was one of those old school, old school horror films. It was like... A hundred years ago. Yeah. But that, that vampire outfit that the guy's wearing, and because he's like such a tall, intimidating figure, like that's his natural body size. Um, but that that mask and those gloves like still look really scary today. It was made a again, like I'm going to say this. This film was made a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think that's a kind of an important thing about about horror films. And again, this all ties back to how to survive a horror film is to remember how they were made. They were made to scare the living shit out of you. And back in those days, they figured out many ways. Dark scenes, like the tail behind the door, the eyes moving in the painting. <laughs> I love that. You know, the eyes. What's all the stuff that's childish now in Scooby-Doo? And it's like, ha, ha, ha. Anyone thought that was scary, but it's only because you've seen it so many times. If you saw it for the first time, the the painting with the eyes moving and you'd never seen it before. Like that would creep you out. But now we've seen it so many times it's become like a cliche. You know what? If, if you don't believe, if you don't believe us, watch a Vincent price film. Okay. The second you see those uh, Vincent price's eyes. Oh dear Lord. You're going to have fucking <laughs> nightmares for days. Mm. He's a scary dude. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. The eyes are the window to the soul, so he was like really scary on the inside. I wonder if he was such a dark person in real life. I don't know. Hmm. He probably was. <laughs> Dear God. Oh uh, wow. I think we've been we've been hammering this for over an hour. Um yeah. I, all I can say is this whatever you do, if you're in a horror film. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Just get really? out. That's how you survive. Don't go in there. Just be one of those fat bastards that sit there and eat your fucking Wendy's while watching the horror film. <laughs> Just do that. And you'll manage. Just skate by. Yeah. 
Well, uh, this has been fun. Um, this has been really enjoyable and I feel I'm intoxicated, but, uh, we will see you guys and Goyles on, um, other episodes. Uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel and I don't know if John, if you want to put down some social links for anybody that's here in South Florida, because this is a Florida podcast. Um, John is a part of groups that they, um, they do game nights. Uh, they do, uh, you know, go hang out, kind of meet each other, do a lot of fun stuff out here. If you're in Broward, Miami, Dade, for your lazy, lazy sons of bitches in West Palm Beach, we love you. Hopefully, we can get your asses out of here. But anyway, see you sometime in the future. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Bye. We have reached the end. <laughs> Not really. It's just the end of the podcast. Thank you so much to our listeners, our sponsors. Uh, it's amazing to know that we're reaching people and allowing people to speak their minds and their truths. A big shout out to Eli, our co-host. Be sure to check out her social links and her incredible art. And our Substack weekly uh, letter. It's every week. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.